Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. And I hope that gets you energized. Love where you live. It's not just the name of an event that we did a couple weeks ago. Um, It's also the heartbeat of our church, right? I mean, our church loves the community that we live in. What that means practically is that we love Baldwin County Schools. And we love GMC Prep. And we love John Millage Academy. It means that we love Georgia College, and we love Georgia Central Technical College, and we love Georgia Military College. We love the businesses. We love the churches. We love the nonprofits. We love the lake people, the commuters and transplants. We love people that live on the north side of town and people that live on the south side of town. Here's the bottom line, okay? If you do not love this community, you are not going to enjoy your time at Northridge Christian Church. Amen? Okay, you're supposed to respond to that as proof that this is our heartbeat. We love this community and we are actively trying to show that. But listen, not only do we love this community, but we believe that God has given us a mission to transform this community, to make a difference. We want to be the kind of church that if we decided tomorrow to close our doors, we want to be the kind of church that the community would recognize that we were gone and they would miss us. See, we want to be the kind of church that meets people where they are and helps them run towards Jesus, the kind of church that offers hope and extends grace and demonstrates unconditional love. But here's the thing, okay, John set this up really, really well for us in the communion thought. We can't be agents of transformation out there until we become recipients of transformation in here. See, we can't change anything in the community until we allow ourselves to first be changed, Listen, that's what Paul is going to call us to in today's passage. Today, we're going to focus on two verses, Romans 12, 1 through 2, and he's going to call us to being transformed so that we can be the transformation in the community. Let's read it together. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Read these next few words with me. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but, read it again, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, this passage right here, these two simple verses, these are some of the most well-known verses in the entire New Testament. And for good reason. It's, it's these two verses um, that really summarize every single thing that Paul talks about in the New Testament. You see, all of his theology, all of his writings, everything can be summed up in, in what we just read together. Do not conform, be transformed. Do not conform, be transformed. In other words, do not live like or look like the rest of the world. Do not let the world dictate your priorities. Choose instead to embrace something that is going to overcome, outlast, and outperform anything this world has to offer. Choose to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ in your life. That's Paul's instruction And that's what we're going to spend some time unpacking together today. Anybody ever go tubing in Helen? 
Anybody ever do that? Okay, a few of you. Um, I love going tubing in hell. I haven't been in a long time. But, uh, but I remember I took my oldest daughter there one time, and she was probably three or four years old at the time. And, and we were tubing down the river, moving pretty quick. And, and there was one thing I, I neglected to mention when we went out to go tubing, and that was this little thing that slithers sometimes when you're out on the water. Okay, did not tell her about the snakes that you sometimes see as you're, as you're out there tubing. And we didn't see a single snake. We did really good till we got to the end, okay? And we were at this part where there's rocks that make up this wall right before you go to the right and you get out of the water. And so we were really close to that wall and I see this snake come out in the water. Y'all, I'm petrified of snakes, okay? And I'm petrified of snakes on the ground. When they're in the water, they're of the devil. Like it is the scariest thing in the world. But you know what? As scared as I am of snakes, I love my daughter that much more. And so I decided that I was going to twist and I was going to pull and I was going to send her float that way so that I would take the brunt of the snake's presence and she would be safe. But I twisted and I turned and I tried everything I could, but I just could not get her out of the path of the snake. I decided not to mention it to her until we got out and she looked at me. She said, Daddy, did you see the snake? (laughs) She said, I protected you. It went right underneath me. I love that kid. But listen, I I tried to help her. I tried to get her out of that situation, but the pull of the current was just too strong. I tell you that to say this, that sometimes and oftentimes describes our lives. You see, maybe we want to change directions. Maybe we want to shift our priorities. Maybe we want to embrace a new strategy or a new plan, but, but the problem is the draw of the world is too strong. And so what we do is we end up going with the flow instead of ever actually changing. What that looks like is is maybe you have this desire to embrace generosity. Like you want to be wildly generous and you want to love people with the things that God has blessed you with. But the world's definition of success is is to accumulate and and to hoard stuff. And and so even though you want to be generous, you, you also have to keep up with the Joneses. And so you just kind of surrender that pursuit. Maybe you decide, hey, you know what, I, I want to speak words that are encouraging and life-giving, but, but you find yourself surrounded by people that don't share those same values. They don't use words in that way, and, and it sometimes just becomes easier to go with the flow and, and just embrace their way of doing things instead of standing up and explaining your new intentions. Maybe you decide, I, I want to have different standards in my dating relationship. And at this point, I want to I wanna date differently. I want to date in a way that looks radically different from the way the rest of the world says it's normal. But everybody else looks at you and thinks you're crazy. You have conviction in your heart, but you still take direction from the world. You see, what these two verses that we just read, what they call us to is to engage in that fight to passionately and intentionally resist the natural draw of the world, to get out of the current and to embrace God's standards for our lives, to get out of the flow of easy and choose something better. Do not conform, be transformed. That's what we're going to talk about today. The very first word in verse 1, it explains to us why we embrace this battle to be transformed. Let's read it again. It says, therefore... Therefore, what Paul is doing in that single word is he's saying, look, to understand what it is I'm about to call you to do, you've got to look all the way back at the previous 11 chapters. You've got to understand what it is I've told you so that you can understand why you live in a different way. That's what the therefore is there for. 
but he explains it to us again. He gives us a summary so that we don't miss it. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. That's what he's just talked about, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You see, what Paul says here right out of the gate is he says, listen, we don't change just because we want to change. We don't resist the flow of normal because we want to resist the flow of normal. We are different because of the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. We're different because of him. We're different because we recognize that he came from heaven to earth. He lived a perfect life and then he died a sacrificial death. He took away the sin that separated me from God and he restored what I broke And it's because of that. It's because of what he has done that I have the opportunity to be different. Listen, write this down. Transformation is motivated by God's mercy. Transformation is motivated by God's mercy. It begins with a response to a gift. What what that means is that if our transformation is motivated by anything other than God's mercy, it's never going to last. It's never going to work. It's never going to get us where we want to go. You see, if we're, if we're motivated to be transformed by, by our desire to earn something from God, it's not going to work. If we're motivated to live differently, to, to embrace a different set of standards because we want to impress people or appease people, man, it's going to be short-lived. It's not going to be permanent. If we want to change and be transformed because we want to set a better example for our children, they'll see right through it because they're looking for authenticity. But if we're trying to change because we're looking at him, we're looking at the mercy of God and we're letting that transform us from the inside out, and that's a winning recipe. Does anybody go to the gym? Anybody? Yeah, like two of you? That's because it's May, right? Nobody goes to the gym in May. Let me show you what the gym looks like in January. Okay, I got an actual picture here. Okay, that's you right there. Okay, I see you. Uh, But that's what the gym looks like every single January, okay? But let me show you what it looks like by the time you get to May, okay? Another picture right here. Yeah, there's that one guy who's standing all by himself. Did you ever stop and think about why that is? It's because if our health is motivated by the calendar, it's just a momentary blip. But if it's motivated by something bigger, you're this guy, and it becomes a lifestyle, Listen, in the same way in our spiritual lives, if our transformation is motivated by anything short of God's mercy, then it's going to fall short. It's not going to last. It's just going to be a momentary blip. But if our spiritual transformation is rooted in his mercy, in what it is he has done for us, the greatest demonstration of love and grace this world has ever seen, and then we're going to power through and there's nothing that's going to be able to stop it. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want God's presence in my life to be a momentary blip. See, I want God's presence in my life to be something I can count on because it's actively changing me into the person he wants me to be. I don't want what he's doing inside of me to be short-lived. Man, I want it to stand the test of time. I want to see it through because I believe he's got a plan and it's one that I want to participate in. Listen, if transformation is our goal, We cannot take our eyes off of Jesus because transformation is motivated by his mercy. Can I make one more point about this before we move on? 
This also means that we shouldn't expect the world to live like we live until they know what we know. Okay, so many times what we do as Christians is we look at the world and we say, it's all about behavior modification. I gotta change the world's behavior so they live by the same standards that I'm living by. You see, our intentions are good. We know that God has a good plan for us. And so we want everybody else to live by the set of standards that we choose to live by because we want them to experience the same thing too. But listen, don't miss this. Behavior modification is a cheap, short-lived substitute for the transformation that occurs as the result of God's mercy. See, as believers that are gathered here together that say we have seen God's mercy, we've experienced it for ourselves We've got to agree that we're going to stop trying to change people's actions and we're going to invest our lives into introducing them to Jesus. Because it's when we introduce them to Jesus that they have an authentic experience with his mercy and that's going to motivate the kind of transformation that they need to have. Let's keep going. Transformation is motivated by God's mercy, but that doesn't mean that it's automatic. He had a a college professor one time, and he used to talk about a baptism that he did. It was the most memorable baptism that he had ever done. He said this this guy came forward, and he was repenting of so many things in his life. He decided he wanted to get baptized. And so they got in the water, and, and he prepared. He talked a little bit. He dunked him under the water. But as he was coming up out of the water, he slipped. And when he slipped, this guy that was being baptized yelled every single cuss word imaginable into the microphone. He said they were saved, they were baptized, but change happens over time. Listen, our eyes are focused in the right direction if they're focused on the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. But we got to keep reading so that we can figure out what motivates the kind of transformation that actually stands the test of time. This is what it says in verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Okay, be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's that word is key, by. He says, this is the instruction manual. This is what's going to get you there. This is what's going to allow you to experience transformation that's not short-lived, that stands the test of time. You've got to focus on your mind. What he's referring to here is practical reason or moral consciousness. And what he's saying is that, that we can't embrace transformation. We can't embrace gospel living if we're still thinking the way the rest of the world thinks. And we can't embrace transformation if our minds are not actively leading the way. Look, this is important. This is, this is the second point that I want you to take away today. Transformation starts in the mind. Transformation starts in the mind. It's motivated by our eyes and what we see in God, but the war is fault in our minds. What we think about matters. See, this is where we could spend some time talking about all the different things that we absorb and consume throughout our days. You see, we could talk about the TV shows that we watch, and we could talk about the podcasts that we listen to. We could talk about all the different things that fill us up and consume us and change the way we think and live. I have a whole illustration about the first time I watched The Gladiator and and I walked out and picked a fight with the neighbor's cat, okay? What I watched changed my behavior because it changed my thinking. That's why Colossians tells us, it says, set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, replace all the junk that you fill yourself with, that you clutter your mind with, and embrace a steady diet of Jesus, I heard somebody say this this week. They said the easiest way to prevent weeds in the garden is to plant flowers there instead. That's deep, okay? You're gonna be thinking about that on Tuesday and you're gonna go, man, I understand what he was talking about. That's huge. But listen, I wanna go a little bit deeper than that. 
Because I think the problem for a lot of us is not just that we're consuming a lot of junk. The problem for a lot of us, myself included, is that we replace mental engagement altogether with something that will never be able to pave the road to transformation. It's reflected in these thoughts or these words. Pay attention, see if you can figure out what I'm talking about. If the worship music doesn't give my heart butterflies, then why did I even come to the service? If the preacher taught me something but didn't make me want to go punch the devil in the face or cry at the altar, then this week was a whole lot less spiritual than it was last week. If nothing was said in my community group that caused my heart to skip a beat, I guess the Holy Spirit just decided not to show up today. Can I keep going? I haven't even gotten to the personal stuff yet that's going to step on toes. Let's see if you can figure out what I'm talking about. I served somebody who didn't say thank you or post about me on social media. I feel like they took advantage of me. I feel like I wasted my time. I had a conversation about Jesus and Christianity at work, but it felt awkward the whole time, and so I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. I was going to give to the church this week, but the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, and I don't feel cheerful about it, so I guess I'm off the hook. Listen, maybe, just maybe, we're letting our feelings become our idol. Maybe, just maybe, we're not being transformed because we're passively choosing to conform to our feelings instead of actively driving our behavior with our minds. Maybe, just maybe, the transformation that Paul is talking about, the kind of transformation that's going to revolutionize our lives, happens when we say things that are honest like this. God, today, I don't want to spend time in your word. I'm not feeling it today. I'm tired. I got a lot of things on my to-do list. But I know it's important. And I know it's going to drive me closer to you. And I know you're going to speak to me through this. And so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do it anyway. I don't feel like showing love in this situation. This person doesn't even deserve it. But I know that God has shown love to me, and I know what it cost. And so I'm going to do what he's called me to do. You see, going with the flow means elevating our feelings over our mental consciousness, but transformation happens when we think about what we want, and we don't let anything stand in our way. Transformation starts in the mind. So let's say we're motivated by mercy and we're choosing to allow our minds to lead the way towards transformation. The next question we've got to ask is, is is what happens next? And is this battle really worth it? Paul answers that question really clearly in the second half of this verse. This is what he says. He says, "Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then, in other words, he says, because you engage in this battle, Because you train your mind to focus on him and what he has in store for you, you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. You know how I would have ended this section of verses? I would have said, change the way you're thinking because I'm God and I said so. Okay, that's how I parent. That's probably how I would govern the world if I was God. But God doesn't take that route. Instead, through Paul's writing, he says that the renewal of your mind is going to produce a reward, a benefit. It's going to make something happen that is worth anything you have to give up to get there. He says you're going to understand God's will. And not just understand it intellectually, but you're going to agree with it. You're going to somehow, you're going to see his plan as perfect. God's promise through Paul's writing is that we get to mature in our faith And consequently, we get to reflect the heart of God. Listen, pay attention to this third point. 
Transformation leads us to the heart of God. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want the heart of God. I want to love people like God does. I want to show grace to my children and my wife. I want to make a difference in this community. I want to stand out in this world. I want to pray with more confidence, and I want to lead with more conviction. I want to be more bold in my faith. Listen, God makes all that available in an ever-increasing way when we focus on his mercy and engage our minds in pursuit of him. Let me speak to the teenagers for just a second. Okay, within the next couple of weeks, I had a parent meeting the other day. We're actually going to create a teen section somewhere in this room so I can look right at you and talk to you. Right now, you're going to be all over the place, but you got to pay attention. Okay, you are growing up in a time where all the same temptations exist that existed before, but they are so much more accessible to you than they have ever been before. I am so glad I'm not growing up right now like you are. Man, I, I can't imagine. I know what I struggled with. And I didn't have a phone in my pocket that would give me more access to it. I didn't have a phone in my pocket that would connect me to everybody else's thoughts and opinions about me every single moment of the day. As you are living in a period of time where the current is strong and it is pushing you to embrace the world's standards and the world's way of living, it's going to take some real intentionality for you to say, I want to get out of what's normal and I want to embrace what God has in store for me. But let me tell you something. What Paul talks about is that if we'll do that, man, we're gonna experience something powerful that we're not able to experience in any other way. Let me speak to the seniors that are about to graduate from high school. Okay, in just a few minutes, we're gonna honor them. We're gonna say a prayer over them before we leave. But I want you to know that as you're stepping out and going into the world, whether you're going to work or going into the military, jumping into a college situation, you are leaving behind the safety and comfort of a lot of things, probably including your parents' household. And when you do that, man, the current is about to get so much harder. There are going to be so many reasons, so many voices that are telling you that you need to live this way. You need to act that way. You need to embrace this, but you need to understand you are sacrificing the heart of God if you choose to embrace that. If you choose to do the hard work of transforming your mind and chasing after Jesus, man, you're going to experience something that's absolutely worth it. Adults, we've got to set the example in this. Not because we're setting out to be the example, but because we are so incredibly focused on Jesus that we can't help but be transformed by him. To live in such a way that the younger generation looks at us and says, I don't want to be religious because I have to be religious. I want to be religious because I see what it's doing in their life. And if it's changing them in that way, I want to experience that for myself. Listen, transformation leads to the heart of God, and that's something we all long for. Do not conform, be transformed. That's our call. That's our life's ambition. And for many people in this room, it starts right now. You see, maybe you've been trying to experience transformation using a different strategy than the one Paul gives us right here. And maybe you need to take this moment to just say, you know what, I'm gonna stop focusing on the rules. And I'm I'm gonna stop focusing on my reputation and what everybody else wants to see in me. And I'm just gonna spend some time looking at Jesus and being motivated by his presence in my life. Maybe you've been letting your feelings drive your spiritual life. And you've been saying, I'm living from Sunday to Sunday for that next big high. Like I want another spiritual pick-me-up on Sunday mornings. And you gotta say, I'm getting out of that. And I'm gonna embrace mentally what God has called me to so that I can grow in a way that's deeper than that. 
Maybe you've been going with the flow and you say, it's time for me to get off this, this path. I've got to start living in a different way. Maybe you're still filling your mind with junk and you say, I'm ready for a change. Maybe you're at a place where you experience transformation and you just want to cry out to God and say, God, do more of that. Don't stop because I want to experience more of what you have in store for me. Listen, whatever God places on your heart, it's all about transformation and it's all about embracing it in this moment and experiencing what he has in store for us. The altar is gonna be open on both sides of the stage. This service has been filling up the altar. So come quick, okay, so that you can have a space up here to pray. We're gonna have prayer partners at each of the corners of the room. We'd love to spend a little bit of time with you. We're gonna sing our hearts out, uh, a song all about building our life on Jesus. But spend some time with Jesus and respond to what he has to say. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that you have a plan for our lives. God, we know that you want what's best for us and what's best for us is to be closer to you. And so God, we pray that you help us to disengage from the world just enough that we can experience more of your power and presence in our life. God, I pray that we change in such a way as a community of believers right here in this place, God, that we would be transformed and people around us would notice it. God, I pray that we would fill the schools and we would fill the businesses and we would fill the stores and the restaurants with people from this church and other churches across this community that are different because of what you've done for us. And God, I pray that you would engage us in conversations so that we can help point people towards the change that's available to them as well. God, I pray that you move in a powerful way. We're not ready for your presence to slow down. We want your presence to grow. We want more life change. We want more of your power. We want to see amazing things, and I pray that it starts right here. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.